keeping things secure and the balancing act of what is most important, that's the biggest challenge I have personally in my day-to-day job. It's always a challenge because it's ever-changing. We balance that every day and we have different priorities. We spend a lot of time focusing on a lot of different things. And if we just focus on doing the right things the right way, we'll all be successful. We just have a great group of people in Olean that really do care about each other. I think that's what makes it special here. Dominic Rogers has spent over 30 years playing an integral role in the development of the systems and technology within Cutco Corporation. The Cutco Vector business runs through a complex system of platforms that are robust and secure, due in large part to Dominic's strategy and leadership. As Vice President and Director of IT, he is a key part of CEO Jim Stitt's inner circle. Dominic understands and believes in the Cutco mission, culture, and values, and his leadership reflects his commitment to the organization and the people in Olean who are a part of building it every day. Today, we get an inside look at the complex world of information technology in the Cutco Olean headquarters with Dominic Rogers. Welcome to Changing Lives, Selling Knives. I'm your host, Dan Cassetta. There's a generation of entrepreneurs and business leaders out there right now who are positively impacting the world using lessons and skills that they first learned from selling Cutco knives with Vector Marketing Corporation. This podcast was created to share inspiring stories from Cutco's most prominent alumni and current leaders. On this show, you'll meet successful entrepreneurs, best-selling authors, superstar business executives, and transformational leaders from many walks of life. All our guests will have two things in common. One, they're all changing lives today through their work and their influence. And two, they all started out selling Cutco knives when they were younger. The lessons of the Cutco Vector experience are numerous, are compelling, and are real-world concepts for business and life. Through hearing real-life stories, and hands-on experiences, you'll gain insights that can help you in whatever it is that you do in life. Thanks for pressing play. Let's get on with today's episode. Hello, everyone, and welcome to the podcast. I'm very honored to have Dominic Rogers with me here today as my guest. He's been with Cutco since 1991. He has been the director of IT with the company since 2005. And in 2020, he was also promoted to vice president. He is one of the officers of the company, so truly a member of Jim Stitt's inner circle, one of the main people that help make the Cutco organization go there in Olean. And we're very grateful to have him with us here today. Dominic Rogers, welcome to the podcast. Dan, thank you very much. Uh, I, I'm the one who should be honored that you wanted me to come and uh, talk to your guests. So uh, I appreciate the invitation and look forward to talking to you. Well, thanks for saying that, Dominic. I do. I appreciate that as well. Hey, why don't you start by giving us a little bit about your personal background? I want some of the field to know a little bit more about you. And I'm not sure our vector field side knows as much about you as the Olean field side, So, or the Olean side. So tell us about uh, your personal background. All right. Probably a lot of the field don't. I was born and raised in Olean, so I grew up here. And my 
parents are still here. They live in Olean. Both are retired. One was a, uh, called him a food broker, but kind of a salesman. He sold to grocery stores. It, remember the old end caps and things? He would sell those things to grocery stores. And my mother was a beautician and a barber. I'm very fortunate. Uh, I've I've rarely paid for haircut in my life, so uh, <laughs> I have that uh, going for me. I attended a Catholic school my whole life, so kindergarten through high school was a part of the Catholic education. That's still a big part of my life is my Catholic uh, faith, and went to college locally here. Jamestown Community College has a campus in Olean. Started there. And then I transferred over to Pittsburgh uh, at Bradford. It's University of Pittsburgh at Bradford. It's a little satellite campus from Pitt, Maine. Got my bachelor's degree there. And while I was in school, I started as an intern here in, in 91, like you said. I married my beautiful wife, Jennifer, for 27 years. Uh, we have a couple children, a boy. His name is Luciano. He is 24 years old. And my daughter, Mia, just turned 23 years old. So uh, we enjoy them very much. They are transitioning into the workforce, which is very, very nice for Chen and I, uh, but very proud of them and uh, just like to be in Olean. Like I said, born and raised, my family here, my sister, I have an older sister. She's also here. So a lot of family close by, uh, which makes it real nice for us. Convenient. So. Tell us about growing up in Olean, because there's a lot of people who work in the factory that grew up there, you know, have lived there their whole life, and they they extol the virtues of this small town community and what it's like. I'm a Californian. I'm out here in, uh, you know, a much more populous area. And, uh, you know, it's a different world, really. I'd love for people to hear a little bit more about uh, what makes Olean so special. Sure. We definitely live in a little bubble, uh, no doubt about it. I wish we could trade weather with you guys, but we can't. Uh, we We have long winters here, so this time of year when the when the sun is out and we have our summer weather, we really enjoy it. But it's just a tight-knit community, uh, local, a lot of local people, so not, not a ton of commuters. I would say 35, 40 minutes is probably the longest commute anyone at, at Cutco probably makes. But it's just that whole rural community family atmosphere, a lot of things probably that you worry about uh, in your neck of the woods that we don't, low crime low poverty, low home homelessness, uh, things like that. Good school system for our kids. They have opportunities. You know, we're about an hour and a half south of Buffalo. I know some travel teams for soccer and basketball kids do that. So we're, we're in a good geographical spot. You know, we're three hours from Cleveland, three and a half from Pittsburgh, about five and a half from New York City. So if you want to do things, you got to plan a little ahead, but it's just a it's just a family community. And if, and if you like that, and my commute to work is two minutes, uh, <laughs> I can actually, I can actually walk it in 30 minutes. And, and sometimes in the summer I, I do walk to work, which is, which is nice. It's just that tight knit community that they really do help each other. And Cutco uh, being a family oriented company is a big part of the community here in, in only, and it, it really supports a lot of our local charities and the, and the hospital and the colleges that are here, St. Bonaventure universities, about two minutes down the road. Uh, so we have a, we have a good mix of a lot of things that make it attractive to stay here. Nice. Dominic, we share the Catholic school education. Uh, oh, I didn't know that. Only I can say first grade to 16th grade, if you want to call it that. Cause yeah, I went to Catholic grammar school and then a Catholic high school. 
okay. um, the same high school that Tom Brady went to out here in, in, uh, really? and then, uh, and then I went to Santa Clara university, which is a Jesuit college. So, and I believe yeah. you spent some time at St. Bonaventure as well, right? I did later in life. After I got my bachelor's degree, I started working and then we had a program here where a bunch of us went and we got a, uh, we got our master's degree from Bonaventure. So it was a, again, just building on that, uh, you know, that education and faith. If you, when you put them together, to me, it's a, it's a good message, but it's a good learning because you, you learn about your faith, but you also are exposed to other subjects and, uh, and other areas of faith. Yep. Cool. So how'd you end up with Cutco in 1991? Well, in 91, I guess I was very fortunate. My parents had a, a gentleman who worked in the IT industry at Dresser Rand here in Olean, and he urged me to get an internship when I was in school to, one, make sure it's what I wanted to do. If I like at 18, 19 years old, uh, making your life's decision is kind of challenging at times. So make sure I enjoyed computers and and the, the changes in computers. It, it was ever changing and it still is ever changing. But a funny story was Cutco was, was much smaller then. And some of the IT department was outsourced is the wrong word. It was more opportunistically sourced from JCC, actually. Some of the professors who taught uh, computer science at JCC would work here in the summer when they didn't have classes. And they would help program, you know, the original vector systems. They helped program some of them. And the lady's name was Carol Poucher. She was a godsend to me. She got me through calculus. Uh, thank God for her. I probably wouldn't have made, made it through. And I asked her about internships and, and she had a connection here. And she was she was basically finishing up here. Like she was not going to do that anymore because Cutco was growing and they needed, uh, they needed full-time bodies to do some of this work. And so she introduced me to some people here and I submitted my resume and I was fortunate enough to get an internship when I was a sophomore in college. So that's how I started anyway. So started while you were in college at, yep. at, in a, in an internship role. And then how did that progress into a, like a full-time permanent role? As I was an intern, I would work uh, full-time over the summer and then I, it would, it Cutco was wonderful, basically would let me set a schedule around my classes and I started out doing some operational work to the computer system. So I do backups and updates and things like that. And as it just kept transitioning, when, when I graduated with my bachelor's degree, it just so happened there was an opening. You know, it, it's kind of a lot of my career. I want to say I earned a lot, but I also was a lot of right place, right time. Sometimes is it preparation and opportunity, create, create luck, I think is the term. So they had an opening for basically a computer operator and slash programmer. So I, I programmed a little, but I did a lot of the operations. Again, the backups, the updates and things like that. That's when we had one, there was one computer. They call it the AS400. That was the only computer. There weren't PCs here or anything. So we've seen a lot of change over the years. And then I did that for a few years. And then a gentleman left the company. He was he was in charge of the customer database. So what builds essentially the fall catalog, spring catalog, and summer mailings, all the all the customers that have bought in Cutco since the early 80s are in this big file, if you want to do that. So I helped him maintain that for a little while, and then he left. And so, again, I kind of opportunity kind of just presented itself, and I was fortunate enough to get selected 
to take over that role. And I, I really enjoyed that a lot, learned a lot about not only the Cutco business, but also how valuable information is and how we have to protect that information and make sure it's secure. And, and uh, there's a ton of data laws coming out now, but it, it just gave me that sense of that there, there's nothing more important than your data, really. Um, you work so hard to get it, and so you got to protect it. Hmm. Did that for quite a few years. And then uh, Scott Cruz tapped me on the shoulder to help with some project management. We were we were growing. The website started coming into play. Um, they Vector Connect, uh, Vector Live, Kaku.com, all, all we kind of went digital a little bit at the start of that whole process. And we didn't have Scott was a I think he was the IT manager at the time. He needed some help just running day-to-day projects. So I was moved into a kind of a project management role for a few years. And then they made kind of a co-directors of IT because we had three areas. We kind of had a programming area for vector systems, so the direct sales. We had a programming area for direct marketing, again, the catalog. And then we had a systems area, which is like all the hardware and software, phones and network and, and all those things. So there were three of us kind of sharing the roles and, and working together. And then one of them was a, a woman who was an ex-professor at JCC, ironically. She decided to leave the business, and so it got consolidated, and that's when I became the director of IT. Um, nice. And then, Back in 2005, right? Yep. Yep. And so that's when I kind of oversaw the department and, and had a... It ain't just me. There's many talented people here. I mentioned Scott Cruz. I would say he's the, not the founder, but every almost every system in this company has his fingerprint on it some way, uh, all the custom code we've done. He's been involved in, in some way over his career, which is, which is impressive. But that's when, yeah, that's when it got consolidated. Then in 2020, right before COVID hit, Jim tapped me on the shoulder to, to step up into the vice president role and, and, and help formulate his team as, as he took over the whole CEO. He had been it for a while, but John Welpley and Brent Driscoll are still here. And as they went to retire, he tried to develop uh, his group. So, yeah. Um, I've enjoyed that very much and very much appreciate the opportunity there as well. Yeah. Jim has said that your strengths go way beyond just information technology and systems and things like that. He has made it clear that you were chosen to be one of our vice presidents in the company because you're a people person with really, really clear strengths and competencies to be able to lead a large department not just manage the activities, but lead the people that are a part of it. I would love for you to speak to that a little bit and share with us some of your own personal strengths or leadership philosophies that you feel have led to your success. Sure. That's a great question. And I appreciate Jim sharing that with you. And I appreciate you saying that about me. It's just like in the field, it's a people business. It's a people business here. When we try to create technology and solve problems with technology, we got to know what the person's trying to do. And if we don't talk to them and work with them and develop something that we can both support, then it's a it's a miss. We miss the mark. It's always a challenge because it's ever changing, right? Everyone has their own idea of way things should or shouldn't work. So we have to kind of balance common sense and reality to a, a wish list and, and the dream of 
uh, a system that's push one button, it's just going to do everything. So we balance that every day and, and we have different priorities, right? As we ramp up for summer a few months ago, we had some projects that popped up from the field and, hey, we got to get this done before summer. So that sets a priority over some other things. But keeping things secure and the balancing act of what is most important, that's the biggest challenge I have personally in my day-to-day job. As far as my personal commitment statement, whatever you want to call it, uh, I did one a few years ago. Uh, I worked with a, a coach. His name was Greg Miner. And if it's okay with you, is it okay if I just read my personal purpose statement? Yeah, that'd be great. I'd love to hear right. it. Yeah. Spent a lot of time on this, a lot of back and forth. So it, it basically, it's fairly short. So this is my personal purpose statement. I will be honest, ethical, and humble in all that I do, creating a comfortable and stable life for our family by balancing a lifestyle that is responsible, but at times carefree is very important to me. Continuing to have God as a major part of my life and passing along to our children the golden rule of treat others as you would like to be treated. I will do my best to be a kind and caring person who's willing to give to others when they are in need. Helping other people, whether it be family, friends, or coworkers, is something that brings me great joy. I am motivated by setting and achieving goals through organization, planning, communication, and teamwork. All of the above statements make up my personal purpose statement and can be summarized in a one-line quote of do the right things right. And I think that is uh, very important. We spend a lot of time uh, focusing on a lot of different things. And if we just focus on doing the right things the right way, we'll all be successful. Yeah, I think that really speaks to the company philosophy that you and Jim and so many others have built out there that seems like that trickles down to everybody in the company. The opening line of honesty, ethics, humility, it seems like that summarizes a lot of the top leaders of Cutco. Even going back to Jim Stitt Sr., I've really sensed that feeling of working around people who are totally honest and open and ethical in every way and also bring that level of humility that I think helps them to be better as leaders because they will draw more from the group around them. And I just think it's a great trait that some leaders exhibit that not all do, but in our company, it seems like it's pretty common. So, And then I also liked where you said that helping others brings you great joy. I think that that's another mindset that I've noticed from a lot of the people I've worked with throughout either Cutco or Vector on the field side, just that servant leadership mentality, right? That that's what really creates what we want to create in our lives as leaders is that we just pour into the people who are around us. And that's how we end up getting what we want, right? By helping others. So good stuff. Yeah, Jim Jim definitely preaches servant leadership. And early on, when I first had someone reporting to me, I realized, and this is true for anyone who is in management is they don't need you. (laughs) You need them. And having the appreciation for what the team does. And I mean, we have some key people here. Like I mentioned, Scott Cruz, Caroline Sigwin, who's our systems manager. She keeps all the lights running. Angela Castle works with Fred Glazier on recruiting, Vector Live. Ryan Steen works with Stevie P on the cutco.com stuff. 
I know probably everyone out there knows Chris Otto from the field. She's all she's working on everyone all the time, PCs, and at any time anyone gives her a call. So we just have a great group of people in Olean that really do care about each other. And I think that's that's what makes it special here is we do care about each other. Don't always agree with each other, but we care about each other when and when the chips are down or, or things are tough, we all chip in and help out. You mentioned Chris. I'll use this opportunity to shout out to her since I know she'll listen to this. I texted, I had a minor emergency, I guess you could call it. I texted her at 8 p.m. Eastern time on a Sunday. And she got back to me in like five, you know, whatever. Not, it wasn't five minutes. It was more like one minute. She got right back to me, helped me solve the problem, took some time out of her Sunday night which I don't think not everybody's going to going to do those things. Right. And uh, no, I, I yeah, just think Chris, she, she cares a lot about the people in the field and making sure that, uh, that we're good. Right. So that was, yeah, that she, was, she is I a, like that. She's a unique person and she definitely goes out of her way. Sometimes she needs to control herself as she needs a break too. And sometimes we got to remind her, <laughs> you got to pass that along sometimes, but no, she, she'd do anything for anyone. She really would. And, um, uh, we have, we have a lot of people like that here. Yeah, that's pretty great. much almost anyone in the department. So it it is it's a fun group to work with, and uh, the field's back, and they have everyone only in the back. So, well, tell us about the comfort. Tell us about the day to day work in sure. the IT department. What goes on, and and your role in leading it? Yeah, great question. Day to day work is it's interesting because it's ever changing. It's relatively calm. I'll say normally the normal day is relatively calm, and what we're trying to do is we're trying to communicate and lay out plans so we can put in the proper systems or programming changes to help the company move forward, whether it be the relatively new Cutco Orders app that went in a few years ago, something in Vector Live, might be a new phone system, might be a firewall back here in Olean that no one cares about, but is very important because it protects our network and our equipment here. So really the day-to-day is we're, we're laying out plans, we're laying out goals, and then the team is, is going and executing them. Occasionally, once in a while, I've sent out communications to the field, email might go down, or we might have a, a you know, I remember a few years ago, our web hosting provider had a, essentially a backhoe dig up all the fiber optic lines that ran into this one building where we were housed and, and our websites were down. So those days are a touch more stressful. It really boils down to communication. And what we've been trying to do over the last a year and a half is, you know, COVID, we were thrown into that. And, and this team was unbelievable as far as getting everyone only in, the ability to work remotely. I know you guys did a phenomenal job switching as fast as you did uh, to the virtual environment. And that's what I mean when the chips are down. These crew just jumps in and takes care of everything. And you guys hopefully never see it. But what we're really trying to focus on, we're trying to get a campaign ahead. So the three campaigns, right? So the summer campaign right now, in the campaign one, we laid out laid out our campaign two. And now we're looking at our campaign three and just trying to plot on the calendar when we can implement certain changes that don't disrupt the business and keep things rolling. Hmm. And how how has the department evolved over the 18 or so years that you've been the director? Since I've been the director. Well, I'll go back farther. Since I started, there were five people in the IT department. 
Now there's uh, close to 40. So <laughs> growing a little bit. And that comes from really the custom systems we have. Vector is unique and everyone knows it. The recruiting process, there's not a Microsoft doesn't write a Vector Live and say, oh, here's your Vector Live system for your recruiting process. And so having the custom work we have creates opportunity for people here because we have to maintain that. We have to keep it going. We can't rely on Microsoft to send us an update. We have to create our own updates and keep things moving forward. But since I've been the director, I would say we've had a couple areas that have expanded. I think mobile is a big one. Right. We kind of we didn't hold off on it. We just didn't know where we were going with it. And there were a few things that were tried that may not have worked out. And the fact that COVID hit and the virtual world and the virtual demo came, that helped us say we got to get we got to get something uh, digitally. And and the orders app was the driver of that. Obviously, Vector Live, Vector Connect and Kakura.com, they've been around longer before I came uh, director of IT. But it's just the overall mobile environment, having access to data at the touch of a button on your phone if you can, if you're capable of using a phone, which obviously our, our whole sales field is. And the other big thing is really data security. We've always kept the data secure, but now it seems that the government and the states are really putting some interesting privacy laws and, and protections on the consumer, which is all good things, but sometimes they take, it's a real challenge as, as a responsible company that Cutco is, right? We, we take care of our customers. We're not trying to sell their data without their knowledge and any of that stuff. It puts a burden on us and, and we're penalized as a responsible company because other companies are not treating people's information correctly. So that's really the biggest change in the last 15 years. Yeah, and we've got nearly 20 million customers now, right? I think, I want to say, Steve P and I just talked about this because we were trying to update something. Around 16, but if you if you count everything before we started tracking in the 80s, early 80s, probably 85, 86, mid 80s, I guess, I would say you're probably right because you got from 49 to, you know, 80, 85, 86. So we got sixteen. We got sixteen million customers in the database. I would right. venture to guess that would be extraordinarily valuable if we did want to sell that outside of Cutco. But we choose to keep that in house. It's just ours. We don't distribute that out to other. One hundred percent. That has been like a uh, that has been a stake in the ground. That's like making a knife overseas. We are making knives and only in New York, and that that will not change ever with this company. And and that's been the same with the customer list. We have never sold. We have never uh, went out to sell. And now there's a lot of information exchange back 15 years ago when, again, you mentioned 15 years ago, it was probably even more valuable back then um, because you had customers who were, who were purchasing a high end product. And so they, they knew the value of a, of a higher end product. That's cool to hear. I appreciate that. Yeah. What are some of the current challenges or problems you're trying to solve or opportunities you see in moving forward, Dominic? Uh, I would imagine as in the field, communication is our biggest challenge. Uh, It's ongoing. When you change something and you feel like you've communicated out and you've done a good job, there's always usually one or two people that either missed it because 
there's so much information now. I mean, I, I'm sure you get flooded with emails just like everyone else. You got text, you got emails, you got your social media. Everyone's just inundated with all this information that it's very challenging to communicate and make it stick, right? And, and make things apparent that, hey, this change is going to happen. And then that's when people, usually a challenge arises or people get bent out of shape because, well, you didn't communicate to me. Well, we did. You just didn't receive it. And that's that's part of the challenge, right? We can't make people read your emails or or text or things like that. So communication, it, it, I think that's always going to be our challenge going forward as a company. It's just such a, a diverse and massive amount of people we got to try to figure out how to communicate to uh, from someone who works out on the floor to you as a, as a region manager. That person doesn't have email. You do. How do we get information to the right people? So that, that's our biggest challenge, I think, across the whole organization. From just an IT perspective, one, communications, yes. But two is really what technology platforms are we going to invest in and what are what is going to be there for the long-term sustainability? We're in a project right now, our ERP system. So this is our enterprise resource planning system, basically runs the factory a little bit, right? What do they produce? How do they produce it? Some HR stuff and some of our financial information is all run through this system. We've been on it for 25 years, literally. It's a legacy system, and we are in the process of evaluating how we're going to replace it. Well, what can we do and what can we put in place that hopefully would last us 25 more years? Now, I don't think we have that luxury. This one we're in now just happened to fall into a category of a company that got purchased and then purchased and purchased, and their their user base was so large, it, they as companies bought it, it ended up with Oracle. Oracle could not shut down this software because their user base went nuts. So we kind of were in the right place at the right time with that. And so that's a big challenge of what, what are we going to invest in? It's like the mobile app. What were we going to invest in there? What's it going to run on? How are, are we going to do it for iPhone only? Or are we going to do it for iPhone and Android? Well, you got to do both. And then where does it sit? Do we use Amazon Cloud? Do we use internal on-premises systems? It, it's just that not knowing the future is the biggest challenge. Mm. I wanted to ask you to expound a little more on the Cutco culture. We talked a little bit about it throughout this conversation, but I feel like you could speak a lot more to what is so special about the Cutco culture? Why have you stuck around for all these years? You know, what uh, makes this place to work something that so many people treasure? I think it's the people first mentality. Well, I've been here a few years, 30 plus, and I've seen so many examples and witnessed so many things when someone might be going through a tough patch in their life, really nothing they can control. It's just you know, something happened in their life. And Cutco always made sure they had their back. You know, Cutco was there to make, make comfort them, but even from a financial support, making sure they knew their job was protected. It's just amazing. And, and they're, some of them are far too personal to talk about, but you'd be surprised at how Jim Sr. and Jim Jr. and, and their whole family cares about each and every person and does not want to see anyone struggle through a personal challenge if we can help them out. Now, 
we can't help everyone because some some challenges are outside of our realm um, help. But if they can, they will. And it's just it's just so cool to have witnessed some of them and and know that you know if I ever ran into a problem, I could go talk to them and they would listen and they would listen to me as a person, not just someone. Well, you're not coming to work tomorrow. Well, we don't care that you got to be at work, kind of thing. It is 100% opposite of that. Uh, they will. They will take time out of their day and listen to anyone if they're having a challenge and see if we can help out. I think back to COVID too. You guys flipped the switch and here was was tremendously positive. Everyone helped each other. We had people early on in, in early or in late March, early April. There was a coalition here of, of people who, if you knew how to sew, could you make masks? Because we couldn't get masks here, right? All the PPE was just sucked up all in the medical world. So they had people here who could use sewing machines and we bought fabric. They came and got it. They went home, they made masks and they brought them back. It was phenomenal. And I think that's what carried us through COVID is really our culture. Uh, I think the sales field's culture of, you know, hey, this is a challenge. We're going to go ahead and head on. And then back here in Olean was, all right, let's take care of each other. And so we can take care of you guys. And that's really the mentality of the company in reality. You know, let's take care of each other and let's make sure the sales field is is pumping. Yeah, that mindset, Dominic, of let's take care of each other is something that I've always sensed growing up on the vector side of the business. And that now I see as a region manager, I get to see how we actually are implementing that with various people throughout our organization. And there's countless people I know that I've worked with that would share that same perspective that the company has been there for them when they've needed it, whether it was a professional challenge or in some way, something that was really more personal that we stepped up to the plate to help with. And I know as region manager that we couldn't do those things in the field were it not for this being sort of an edict that comes down from you and the other members of the uh, officers, along with, of course, Jim Stitt Jr., uh, and his leadership. So I just really want to say that I appreciate you guys out there in Olean and all of what you do for the field and just the the uh, the mentality that you have helped bring to not just the Olean team, but the Vector Field team as well. It's something that I think is really to be treasured. Well, that's very kind of you. It's easy to model what you see, right? And And so Jim Sr. started it years ago. Eric started it even years before that. And it's just it seemed to have been modeled through John Welpley and Brent Driscoll. It just, it's easy to follow what they're doing. And, and so it's really easy because it makes you feel good because you're helping someone, or at least me personally, you're helping someone. So it's even a double win. So, yep, for sure. Well, I, I appreciate that a lot about you and, and uh, all the leaders out there, Noli and Dominic. Is there anything else you would like to say to this audience before we wrap this one up? I'd like to say thank you. I think everyone in the Cutco. Vector family is appreciated. And really, thank you, Dan. I think uh, I've watched quite a few of your Changing Lives by Selling Knives podcasts. And uh, I want to thank you for having me on it. It's definitely a highlight for me. I think it's just the perfect title for a podcast, but it's it's really the title should be the title for our company because that's really what we do. Whether it's someone out on the floor or the best salesperson we have, that it's changing. It's changed my life drastically, right? These knives have changed my life drastically and and I couldn't be more appreciative. So no matter what you do in the Cutco family, I think uh, we, we do have a great privilege of uh, changing people's lives. So 
thank you all for changing mine. And I hope you continue to do that. And hopefully I can help you change yours. Outstanding. Well, thanks for being on the podcast, Dominic. Appreciate it. And I will see you at some point uh, in the future here. Yes, sir. Appreciate you. Dominic Rogers, everyone, Vice President and Director of IT at Cutco Corporation, and just another amazing reflection of the kind of leaders that we have in our organization and the mindset that these leaders have about their teams, the people, the objectives that they're trying to achieve, and the importance of the individuals that are a part of those objectives. I loved in Dominic's personal purpose statement, the final line of do the right things right. I feel like that he and many other leaders in this company really strived to identify what are the right things and then to be able to do those in a way that works, in a way that honors all the people around us. I think that's such a valuable part of our company philosophy. Cool to hear how the team in IT has gone from five to 40 people during Dominic's tenure with the main things they're working on right now, mobile development, and of course, data security, trying to get one campaign ahead on all their projects. Shout out to Scott Cruz. Dominic mentioned that Scott has his fingerprints on pretty much every system that exists in the company. And it was great to hear that. And thank you, Scott, for all the things that you have done for our organization. And again, I appreciated Dominic talking a little bit about the Cutco culture at the end and the people first mentality and all the ways in which the company strives to help each individual that is there. And at the beginning, how Cutco is such a big part of the Olean community. I know a lot of our Olean personnel will listen to this one since it's one of their own here with Dominic. And we in the field appreciate so much all the work that happens in Olean, most of it behind the scenes. There are no sales reports, at least that we in Vector see. There's no standings or contests that we in Vector see for what all the Olean people are doing. But we know that we couldn't do our jobs if you weren't doing yours. And we appreciate the care that you take in creating the Cutco product and intending to the field and tending to our customers. And I know that uh, many of us that get to visit Olean each fall look forward to that time every single year. So I will see you again in November of 2023 here, and I will look forward to that. So thanks very much, everybody. Hope you enjoyed getting to know Dominic Rogers. Thanks for listening. If you got value from today's episode, please share it with others and consider rating or reviewing us on your podcast player. Subscribing to the podcast is free and ensures that future episodes are automatically downloaded directly to your device. For access to guest bios, show notes, and other resources, visit changinglivespodcast.com. You can sign up there to receive valuable resources for free from people featured on the podcast. And to support our podcast sponsors, visit changinglivespodcast.com slash deals. This is Dan Cassetta signing off. We'll be back in a few days for our next story about changing lives.